Ladies and gentlemen, Blake Wheeler is a New York Ranger for the low, low cost of just one year and $800,000. We debate on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers whether or not he could be the absolute steal of this free agency season. Plus, our new deals on the way for Alexi Lafreniere and or Keandre Miller. All this and much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 863 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so obviously a lot has happened in the past 24 hours or so. I mean, the headline grabber for sure was Blake Wheeler coming to the Rangers once again at the low, low cost of one year, $800,000. That is only 25K over the league minimum for a player that you know has been an all-star in the past, been a very, very good player uh, for the Jets over the years. Obviously, he's gotten a little bit older. Um, going to be 37 before the season starts, but uh, we're going to discuss Blake Wheeler in great detail today. And yesterday, we did a live episode on Saturday. And just kind of reacted in real time to the Rangers signing this guy, signing that guy. And uh, obviously, you know, I shared my initial thoughts on Blake Wheeler. But for today, I want to dive into it. I've had some time to kind of think about it. And how is Blake Wheeler going to fit in with this Ranger team? Uh, who might his line mates be? Will he get some power play time, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, we will get to that in today's episode. But I do want to do a quick roll call of all the free agents that the New York Rangers have signed uh, for the first about 24 hours here, give or take of the free agency period. Nine of them happened on Saturday, and it seems like there's one more here on Sunday. But the 10 players, uh, you got Blake Wheeler, one year, 800K. Jonathan Quick, one year, 825K. Right winger Tyler Pitlick, one year, 787.5K. I think maybe the Rangers are looking at him as perhaps, and I don't want to upset anybody here, but perhaps a more affordable, less expensive version of Tyler Mott. They might see Tyler Pitlick as somebody that can come in and fill that role. Uh, You've also got... Center slash right winger, Alex Belzeil, two years, 775K. And some of these guys, including Belzeil, probably ticketed to start the season in the minors with the Hartford Wolfpack. Um, but he's an interesting one. Didn't make his NHL debut until he was 29. Um, not a ton of upside, it would seem, but uh, just a depth signing for the Rangers. You got center and right winger, Riley Nash, who I do not believe played at all in the NHL this past season, but he signs a two-year, 775K contract he's somebody that also seems to be ticketed to start the season in the minors but we will see obviously that's why you have training camp in the preseason you let these guys put their best foot forward and determine who's gonna be on this roster to start the year you've also got center and left winger Nick Bonino one year 800k Bonino's bounced around to quite a few different teams uh believe won both Stanley Cups with the Penguins the two most recent ones uh that they've won um, but it sounds like he looks to be ticketed probably for the uh, the fourth line for the Rangers when the season starts. You've also got defenseman Connor Mackey for one year. Uh, I did not see the uh, the price for Mackey yet, although uh, Cap Friendly does have him listed right now, at least, uh, on the New York Rangers roster as opposed to being a minor league player. And we'll see how that shakes out to start the season. But yeah, Connor Mackey, one year, 775K. You've also got... Uh, defenseman Nicholas, I don't know how to pronounce this, Brulliard. I'll work on that, you know, as we start to get more used to him. He's the one guy that the Rangers signed 
I think the only player of the 10 that has never appeared in an NHL game, but uh, he looks to be ticketed to start the season in the uh, the minor leagues for sure. One year, 775K for him. Uh, then you've also got defenseman Eric Gustafsson, another guy, journeyman players, bounced around the league quite a bit, does have some familiarity with Peter Laviolette, believe they were together for one season with the Caps. Uh, he comes in to the Rangers at one year, 825K, and would seemingly be in position to perhaps battle Zach Jones for the sixth defenseman spot. Uh, ben Harper could be in the mix as well, but I would think Gustafsson is probably like, you know, uh, just a smidge ahead of Ben Harper and maybe just a smidge below Zach Jones, but we'll see how that plays out. And then finally, uh, defense in Mac Hollowell, one year, 775K. Uh, has only played six NHL games. They were all last year with Toronto. But, uh, you know, overall, I think when you're looking at this as a whole, I realize it lacks the big names, the splashy names. I mean, Wheeler and Quick are both big names. Um, but I think if you're looking at this objectively, and you take into account the fact that the Rangers obviously have precious little cap space to work with. I think this is a very successful uh, first 24 hours of free agency for Chris Drury. They weren't going to bring in you know, the guys at the top of the list as far as the top free agents are concerned in free agency. Uh, they just weren't going to be able to afford it. And so they had to do some patchwork. They had to uh, you know sign some depth pieces and even some minor leaguers. And uh, considering that that's what they were looking to do yesterday, I think they did a great job with it. And we all thought that Barkley Goodrow was going to be a cap casualty, would either be traded or bought out. That could still happen if there's another move that the Rangers want to make and they want to bring in some other free agent who's still out there. And, you know, you move on from Barclay Goodrow in a trade or possibly a buyout, but I think a trade makes more sense. Uh, that could still happen. You never know. Um, but as things stand right now, the Rangers are in pretty good shape uh, to re-sign. The only things that they have left to do, really, the only two big things are re-signing uh, Lafreniere and re-signing Miller. And we're going to take a look at that, you know, the big picture there a little bit later in today's episode. But again, you didn't have a whole lot to work with if you're Chris Drury and the Rangers. And I think these are all, you know, some pretty smart signings. They didn't bring in any true superstar players, obviously, but these are guys that I think in one way or another, for the most part, should be able to help the Rangers uh, in this upcoming season. Give them a little bit more depth, maybe a little bit more depth uh, in the bottom six. And they've had at least at the start of some of the more recent seasons. So, you know, we'll see how that whole thing shakes out. But overall, yeah, I think this is a good day. Uh, for the Rangers. And for Blake Wheeler, again, he's going to be mostly the focal point of today's episode. One year, 800K. Still doesn't even seem real to me. Uh, the contract does have another 300K in potential bonuses. And as a couple of you guys have pointed out to me, um, you know, obviously he's still getting buyout money from the Winnipeg Jets. So that's nice. He can stuff his pockets even more. Uh, but be that as it may, Blake Wheeler, again, could have gotten more money in free agency. You have to think. You can't tell me that not a single team in this league was willing to go more than one year and or more than 25K over the salary cap for Blake Wheeler, whether he's getting older or not. Uh, it was funny yesterday because we did the live episode and naturally Twitter, of all the days for Twitter to be barely functional, uh, they have to do it on the day of free agency. And of course, Twitter started acting up maybe like an hour before free agency started. But a couple of you guys were keeping an eye on things, helping me out in the live chat. So thank you for everybody that did that. Um, yeah, I found out basically from you guys. It wasn't even a reporter. Because like I said, Twitter was... All messed up yesterday. That's a whole story in and of itself. Uh, but you guys were kind of keeping me updated in real time as far as, yeah, that, that's a heck of a signing for this team. And, yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, look, again, he's going to be 37 in August. Um, he was never going to get the same kind of a contract that he's played for in the past. The contract that Blake Wheeler had just before, obviously, signing with the Rangers 
uh, yesterday and before he was bought out of the final year of that contract. His most recent contract with the Jets was for five years at $8.25 million per season for a total of $41.25 million. Again, he was bought out of the final year of that, but the contract that he signed right before that one was all the way back in 2013-2014. It was for six years at $5.6 million per season. So Blake Wheeler uh, has made his money, and I think all this probably um, kind of explains or at least helps to explain why Blake Wheeler ended up um, you know, just signing the one-year deal with the New York Rangers for 800K. And we're going to uh, look into that a little bit deeper in just a second. I also want to discuss Blake Wheeler's role with the Rangers for this upcoming season. Who might his line mates be? You know, who might he have the most chemistry with? How will the Rangers look to deploy him on the uh, on the power play units? You got to figure he'll, either, he'll be on one of the power play units. You have to figure. Um, but we're going to discuss all that good stuff in just a second. First, though, we do have to let everybody know Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All in an app. That is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we just want to go ahead thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, you guys are definitely going to want to stick around. You know, we're not going to rush through the free agent class. There's 10 players. I don't want to try to, I mean, I know we did the roll call at the beginning of the episode today, but I want to take our time, you know, talking about all these players, what teams they've played with, uh, when they were at their best, what to expect. Uh, from them this season, what kind of a role they could play with the Rangers, all that fun stuff. We still got the draft class to get through and uh, going to try to line, line up some crossover episodes as well. I want to talk to Harrison from Locked On Jets for sure to find out everything about Blake Wheeler, you know, him losing his captaincy and really just everything that's gone on ever since he's been a member of the Winnipeg Jets and maybe even uh, a member of the, uh, the, uh, the Thrashers. He was a member of the Atlanta Thrashers for half a year before they became the Jets. So definitely looking forward to that. We're working to set that up. Uh, but for right now, let's go ahead and keep our attention on Blake Wheeler. And again, uh, I think everything that I was talking about just a couple of minutes ago uh, helps to explain why Blake Wheeler was so willing to take such an inexpensive contract from the New York Rangers. We're talking about somebody who, for his career, has made more than $80 million playing hockey. That's not too shabby. And something else to consider, and we mentioned this briefly in our last episode, the live episode that we did, but... Blake Wheeler, you know, he's getting up there. We mentioned he will be 37 uh, before the season starts. I know some Ranger fans have expressed some concern about that. I'm not really too worried about it because even if Blake Wheeler is not the player that he used to be, even if he doesn't even put up the kind of se- the kind of numbers this season that he did last year, um, you are still talking about somebody making just 25K uh, north of the league minimum. And when you look at what other players were going for, uh, the Rangers, any way you slice it, they got a steal when it comes to, uh, to Blake Wheeler. But again, with Blake Wheeler, you don't know how much longer that he's going to get the chance to play. And 
With that being the case, he wants to go somewhere where he can win. And clearly, he was able to take less money to do that. And again, he's made a ton of money through his career. He's still getting some buyout money from the Jets. I understand all that. But there are players out there who are still just going to take the highest offer, uh, no matter which team that comes from. And props to Blake Wheeler for going somewhere that clearly he wanted to go, um, which is the New York Rangers. And and hopefully, uh, he can provide them some right-wing depth, which is something that they've lacked in recent years, and be a little bit of a stopgap. I don't know, you know, once this season is over, Will they re-up with Blake Wheeler on another one-year deal for another inexpensive contract? It's possible. Um, we'll see what happens there. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But for the time being, at least, for one season, uh, Blake Wheeler is helping the Rangers in a position at right wing uh, where they are very, very thin. Um, one other thing that I want to uh, mention, again, I, I mentioned this very briefly in yesterday's episode, but I want to kind of reiterate it here. Everything I just said, Blake Wheeler cut the Rangers a break. He came in at a huge discount. I know he's made a ton of money, but be that as it may, he took a huge discount to come to the Rangers. Let's give him more than like a period or two into this next upcoming season to decide whether this is a great season or whether he is completely and irredeemably washed up. Because, you know, no matter whether you're Blake Wheeler, uh, an older player, a younger player, a guy signing a short, inexpensive contract, a guy signing, you know, a long-term big money deal, whoever you are, you're going to a new team. Typically, there is going to be at least a little bit of an adjustment period getting used to a new city, a new fan base, a new coaching staff, your new teammates, a new system in some cases. Uh, it does take a little bit of time. Blake Wheeler's been with the Jets for, I think, 10 or 12 years now, whatever it was, a really long time. Uh, let's give him a little bit of a chance this season before we all uh, declare that he's washed up. And I include myself in this because we Ranger fans, we can all have knee-jerk reactions uh, at least from time to time. So let's uh, let's try to do our best to uh, make Blake Wheeler feel welcome. You know, let's give him a big ovation for anybody that's there on opening night. Uh, let's Let's let Blake Wheeler uh, know that he's welcome here and he's appreciated uh, as a member of this team. Definitely looking forward uh, to seeing what he can do. Um, as we also discussed, Jacob Truba, obviously very, very tight with Blake Wheeler. The two of them played for all six years that Jacob Truba spent with the Winnipeg Jets. The two of them reportedly became very close and obviously that probably didn't hurt as far as, uh, you know, Blake Wheeler ultimately decided that he wanted to come to the Rangers. He knows he's got at least one really close friend in the locker room. That friend just so happens to be the Ranger captain. And obviously, I'm, I'm sure the two of them will hit it off, you know, as they obviously did in Winnipeg. And I got to think, you know, you're a free agent. Again, no matter who you are, what your age is, how long your deal is, whatever the situation might be, uh, having at least one really close friend on the team that you're going to, that's got to help at least a little bit. So uh, that that's obviously a good thing for Wheeler as well. As far as where Blake Wheeler fits in the lineup, I know a lot of people have been trying to figure this out and a lot of people on Twitter kind of messing with the Ranger line combinations and trying to uh, figure out what they might end up being. And I'm going to go ahead and throw out two different ideas here. And again, it's, it's very difficult to determine this stuff really er this early uh, in the game. Obviously, you know, the ink isn't even dry on the contract for some of these free agents, but I'm looking to go back to a line that the Rangers use very briefly last season. And that would be the top line, left to right, Lafreniere, Mika Zibanejad, Capo Caco. Uh, I thought the little amount of time that they spent together, they looked good. And it's time to take the training wheels off the kids and see what they can do. Mika Zibanejad, while he's been a Ranger, has shown time and time again uh, that he is more than capable of playing with different wingers. I mean, guys have really kind of come and gone. Guys move up and down the Ranger lineup all the time. The only thing that really stays... Um, you know, a permanent fixture is that Mika Zibanejad is your top line center. And for obvious reasons there, he's a tremendous player and has shown the ability to be very adaptable and to work with different wingers. And I'd like to see Mika, or excuse me, he is Mika. I'd like to see Lafreniere and Kako uh, get an opportunity with Mika Zibanejad uh, to start this upcoming season. So you do that, 
Then you go with a second line. I'm going to say in this instance, we'll go Panarin, Heedle, Wheeler from left to right. Then everybody's happy because all the kids are in the top six and you've kind of spread the wealth a little bit. We're going to have a pretty solid looking third line as well. But I do like the idea of Wheeler being on the Panarin line. Um, both of them are a little bit past first. I mean, obviously they can both shoot it a little bit as well. But the thing about Wheeler is I, I think he's somebody that can win you some board battles, you know, keep offensive zone possessions alive. We saw how much that Panarin and to a lesser extent Strom uh, enjoyed playing with Jesper Foss when Foss was a member of the Rangers. That just seemed to click. I mean, you look at Jesper Foss and you don't really, at least not right away, see him as a top six four. but you know what? He's been playing top six for the Canes. Jesper Foss would have loved to uh, have seen him come back to the Rangers. That's kind of a little side plot here, but um, you know, obviously Panarin has shown in the past that he can thrive with a player of that ilk, you know, a grinding forward, a guy that's going to get in there and, you know, do a little bit of the dirty work at least. And as we talked about in yesterday's episode, Wheeler doesn't really rack up a ton of hits, but, you know, obviously really big guy, um, size and weight both, you know, and he can go in there and, like I said, win some pucks, keep some offensive zone possessions alive, and obviously the guy can pass, and, um, you know, hopefully him and Panera would click well together. And as far as Heedle being on the second line, as far as Trocek, I just think uh, there it's time to take the team, the training wheels off of Philip Heedle a little bit as well throw him into the top six. And then you end up with a pretty strong third line. And, and we've got on the third line uh, in this scenario, it would be from left to right, Kreider, Trocek, and Goodrow. Um, all those guys, you know, bring something unique to the table. I thought Kreider and Trocek, uh, when they played together last year, it wasn't super often, but there were times where they were together. I think they, they ended up kind of figuring things out. You know, it took them a while to build that chemistry, but I think they found it toward the end of last season. And Goodrow, I mean, we know he's a Swiss Army knife. He can play any position on any line, and he never really feels all that out of place. I prefer him in the bottom six over the top six, but if you need him in the top six in a pinch, he can handle himself there as well. And that would leave you with a fourth line, presumably from left to right of VZ, Bonino, and Pitlick. And, uh, you know, obviously two new names and faces there, but that's a solid fourth line for the Rangers. I'm not sure if it's as good as the one uh, that ended last season, but it, it's solid. And again, you've got guys, uh, all three of them making six figures that I think can go out there and, and play some pretty good hockey for you. Um, that's the first scenario. I think the more likely um, line combinations for the Rangers, though, I'm going to run through this one a little bit quicker. I get the feeling they end up sticking with Kreider and Mika together on the top line. Maybe put Capo Caco there uh, on the right wing. Caco played well with them last season. Uh, second line, Given that Trocek is kind of the veteran, I, I think it might be a situation where it's his job to, to lose. So I think in that case, you go Panarin, Trocek, Wheeler, and then you're probably looking at a third line of like uh, Lafreniere, Heedle, and Goodrow. You know, Goodrow can come do some of the dirty work for the kids. And the fourth line, once again, is still VZ, Bonino, and Pitt. Like, obviously, you got some options here, but I do, again, like the idea of Wheeler being with Panarin because he's six foot five, 225 pounds. He can use his body and his strength. Uh, to win some of those pucks and, and do some of the dirty work uh, for that line for Artemi Panarin. And as I mentioned, um, that did work in the past with Jesper Foss on the Panarin line. And, you know, somebody that's going to go in and do some of the dirty work. The Rangers didn't really have a lot of players like that in the playoffs this past season, and it showed up in the last five games of that series. And so uh, Wheeler's somebody that can do that. And they brought in a couple other guys that can do that as well. But uh, for Wheeler, yeah, I, I think you're definitely looking at him being in a top six role, likely on the second line with Artemi Panarin. As far as the power play is concerned, you can go a couple of different ways here. Um, obviously, you know, you can play them on the top line if you want, the top power play unit. I get the feeling we're looking at a top power play unit to start the year of Panarin, Mika, Kreider, Fox, and Kako. 
Um, I, I think it's time, like I said, take the training wheels off of some of these kids, give them an opportunity. And I like Kako playing with sort of the big four of the Ranger power play unit. And then for the second unit, you're probably looking at like, I, I would go Heedle, Lafreniere, Wheeler, and then two out of three of Truba, Miller, and Trocek. And that's a tough call. I kind of I kind of want to leave Trocek out of there, even though that might be a bridge too far. You know, Trocek was on the top unit for most of last year. I don't know about taking him off the power play in general. You could rotate guys a little bit too. And I'd also like to see a little bit more of an even split between the two power play units for the Rangers as far as time on the ice goes. But obviously they got a lot of time to figure this out. And uh, I do think one way or another, Blake Wheeler is certainly going to be a, a member of the Ranger power play unit. We'll just see who he's playing with and which unit uh, that he happens to be on. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention here before we kind of move on to uh, Lafreniere and Kako and talking about, um, you know, some of the contracts that uh, that they might be looking at. Uh, obviously, they're both RFAs, and that's the last couple of things on the checklist is to get them under contract. I want to uh, try to alleviate the concern of any Ranger fans about this signing of Blake Wheeler because there's going to be some people. He's over the hill. He's washed up. He's going to be 37 years old. He's slowing down. Uh, I saw somebody on Twitter say, oh, great, it's Bobby Holik 2.0. Let's, let's hope not. Um, the difference is Holik got like a decent contract from the Rangers. Uh, Blake Wheeler got one year and 800 K. So, you know, as far as like the reasons why people maybe don't want Wheeler, as we've mentioned in the past, uh, the jets are not a team that's known for having a strong locker room, not a lot of cohesion among some of the older players and some of the young players on that team. And that's something that we'll ask Harrison about when we do our crossover with locked on jets. Um, and Wheeler was obviously the captain for some of that. So it's kind of like, okay, so what was going on there under Wheeler's watch? Uh, I guess if there are any Wheeler naysayers, that's something that you could point to. Um, you know, there might be some people that say that like Blake Wheeler's blocking the path of a young player, but come on. I mean, you got to fill out this roster somehow. And again, when you can get somebody of his caliber for just 25 K over the league minimum, I think it's something that you have to do. I'd say it's a risk you have to take, but honestly, how much of a risk is it? Even if Blake Wheeler uh, stumbles, and is a shell of who he used to be. I mean, again, you have to fill out this roster somehow. And the Rangers did it yesterday by signing a bunch of guys who are making six figures at the most. They didn't sign a single player of the 10 guys that they signed that are making more than, I think, 825K. Nobody's making more than six figures. And Blake Wheeler is one of those players. Blake Wheeler last season, 55 points in 72 games, and you get him just 25K over the league minimum. That, to me, uh, sounds like a job well done for uh, the Rangers and, and really nice signing here. And again, uh, props to Blake Wheeler for wanting to chase the Stanley Cup late in his career. Uh, obviously, that's something that he's never been able to do, you know, lift the Stanley Cup and hasn't ever really gotten all that close. I think maybe just one time with the Jets, they made it to the Western Conference Finals, uh, but he has never competed in the Stanley Cup Final and uh, he'll at least have a shot this upcoming year with the New York Rangers. And if you're still not convinced uh, about Blake Wheeler, the last thing I want to do here as it pertains to him is just give you a list of some of the UFAs from yesterday that have signed with new teams and give you some of the prices that they signed for. These are all players that ended up with a higher average annual value than Blake Wheeler. So we can start with Corey Perry. Uh, we mentioned him uh, not too long ago, $4 million with the Blackhawks. Corey Perry getting more than four times more than Blake Wheeler. Uh, you've got Oliver Ekman Larson, $2.25 million from Florida. Teddy Bluger got $1.9 million from the Canucks. Milan Lucic got $1.5 million from Boston. Ryan Poling got 1.4 from Philly. Ryan Reeves, our old buddy, gets $1.35 million from the Leafs for three years. Ryan Reeves is 36 years old. And you know what? I'm happy for him because I think he did a nice job while he was here. I, I think he had a positive impact 
uh, in that Ranger locker room and then just kind of organically got squeezed, squeezed out of the lineup. But if there's a team that needs more thump and more grit, uh, it's definitely the Toronto Maple Leafs. So good on Ryan Reeves, uh, you know, for, for making that happen and getting himself a nice contract. Uh, Nathan Bashan got 1.35 million from the Devils. Kyle Burroughs got 1.1 from the Sharks. Uh, Troy Stetcher got 1.1 from the Coyotes. Andreas England got 1 million from the Coyotes. And Kevin Stenland got 1 million from the Panthers. I don't know who that is. I don't know that name. It, it's very rare that I'll see an NHL player uh, and just be like, who's that? I have no clue who that is. I don't know who Kevin Stenland is. He, even he got more uh, from the Panthers than Blake Wheeler got from the Rangers. So again, the price was right. And to me, a little bit of risk given the fact that he's older, but uh, a risk well worth taking uh, when you consider the price tag. And the fact that, again, the Rangers are very, very uh, thin at right wing. And also the fact that their options were very limited due to, uh, you know, obviously some tight cap restraints uh, that they currently have. Uh, we'll keep everything rolling in just a second. We want to turn our attention to uh, Alexi Lafreniere and Keandre Miller. Talk briefly about, uh, you know, what might be next for them and what kind of contracts that they might be looking at. Because like I said, that's pretty much the last thing uh, on the checklist for Chris Drury, um, or so it would seem, uh, in this free agency period. Also want to talk a little bit about uh, other you know, Ranger UFAs from this season that have signed with some other teams and uh, take a quick look at the list of Ranger UFAs who, at least as of now, remain unsigned uh, in free agency. We're going to do all that good stuff in just a second. All right, so Alexi Lafreniere, Keandre Miller, the last two, you know, really important. I mean, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, they're important, but I, I think, you know, they're UFAs. Lafreniere and Miller are RFAs. Obviously, we're expecting Lafreniere and Miller back, or, I mean, barring any trade or anything like that. Uh, and then there's guys like, you know, Kane and Tarasenko who we're not expecting back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Rangers, look, again, they went to the dollar store in free agency. I think they did the best they could with the uh, limited cap space that they had. Um, and now you're in a spot where the Rangers, after all the signings that they made, projected to have $6.925 million in cap space left to get new contracts to Lafreniere and Miller. That should be more than enough. Um, you don't want to be right up against a salary cap at this time of the season because cap space does accrue while the season goes. And obviously, the more cap space you can accrue heading into the trade deadline, uh, the better players and the more expensive players that you can uh, bring in at that time if you're looking to make a move or two uh, come trade deadline time. And as we've seen in recent seasons, Rangers have been very, very active uh, at the trade deadline. So with all that said... Uh, we can go ahead and look at Lafreniere first. When you look at the fact that Kako last offseason got a two-year bridge deal for $2.1 million per season, I'm thinking some something in that ballpark feels about right, feels about fair for Alexi Lafreniere. Maybe you're looking at like two years, $2 million per season, $2.2 million per season. I think Kako has slightly better numbers or did have slightly better numbers in his first three years than Lafreniere did. So you can kind of use that as a comp if you're the Rangers and RFAs. I mean, you're 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 kind of handcuffed. There, there's only so much uh, leverage that you have, which is to say, not much leverage at all. Um, you know, the team basically holds all the cards, and uh, I think you know Lafreniere, two years, two million per season. Uh, that sounds about right. That sounds about fair uh, for Keandre Miller. You know, I, I feel like maybe you can use Ryan Lindgren as a little bit of a comp here. I mean, they have different skill sets, but in terms of just overall effectiveness, I, I think they're kind of in the same area. Again, it's kind of apples and oranges a little bit. Um, but Ryan Lindgren a few years ago got three years at $3 million per season. Uh, Lindgren himself will be an RFA after this upcoming season. So, um, you know, I can't be the only Ranger fan that really hopes that 
he's a long-term Ranger. Hopefully it's in the cards. Uh, but for Miller, yeah, I mean, I think something around what Ryan Lingering got could be fair. Maybe you're looking at a two-year bridge deal for K. Andre Miller somewhere in the vicinity of like 2.6 million per season, 3 million per season, $3.125 million per season, somewhere in that area, I think sounds about right for K. Andre Miller. It's always difficult to project these kind of things, but I do think, you know, again, different skill sets, but same amount of overall effectiveness from K. Andre Miller and Ryan Lingren. So I think using Lingren as a comp uh, for K. Andre Miller does make some sense. And you guys have noticed in the past, you probably noticed in this free agency season, when I'm trying to project contract numbers, it feels like I tend to overshoot it a little bit. I tend to think that guys are going to get a little bit more um, than they end up getting. Obviously, that's very true with Blake Wheeler, although none of us could have seen him taking the discount to end all discounts. Um, but yeah, I mean, my reasoning is always that, you know, there's 32 teams out there. When it comes to free agency, the most highly sought after players, there's going to be multiple suitors and, you know, they're going to go back and forth and try to give the best offer that they can give. And I just feel like eventually, you know, for the top free agents, somebody's eventually going to have to overpay to separate themselves from the pack. Uh, for situations like this, though, with new contracts, same thing. I mean, I tend to overshoot it a little bit, but I think those those numbers I just came up with uh, for Miller and Lafreniere, once again, are fair. Uh, that's assuming that the Rangers don't trade either player. Um, I feel like if one of them is going to be traded, it will and probably should be Ke'Andre Miller. But again, you, there's no reason to trade either player. You went to the dollar store in free agency. You've saved yourself all this cap space. You've got nearly $7 million in cap space, more than enough to get both these guys under contract. And um, maybe even another signing, another inexpensive signing for the Rangers in free agency. We will see. I figure, you know, we're talking about free agency. That's obviously been a theme for the last couple of episodes here. Rightfully so. Always a very exciting time of the season. But I thought we could go ahead and take a look at the uh, Ranger UFAs who have signed elsewhere in free agency. And as of right now, not a ton of movement, Movement, excuse me. The only guy who's a UFA for the Rangers who ended uh, the season last year on the Ranger NHL roster is Nico Mikola. Uh, he is now officially an ex-Ranger. He signs with the Florida Panthers. He gets three years at $2.5 million per season, which sounds about right for him. You know, maybe that's a, a tad expensive for Mikola. Uh, not a superstar, but obviously a very solid defenseman. Uh, got a lot of size and a lot of strength and uh, brings some good things to the table. I thought Mikola did a nice job as a sixth defenseman for the Rangers last year coming over with Tarasenko. But I'll say now what I said right from the moment that that trade was struck. Uh, Mikola always felt like a rental for this team. He was going to be a little bit too expensive in free agency. And yeah, there's no way the Rangers could spend uh, three years at $2.5 million a pop on their uh, sixth defenseman, especially when the Rangers have some young defensemen who you would have to think they eventually want to give the job to and uh, for a far lesser price. Uh, you've also got Tim Gettinger. He signs with the Detroit Red Wings, a one-year deal. It's a two-way contract at the league minimum, 775 k uh, Gettinger didn't play with the Rangers this past year, played at least a couple of games with them for the four games before that did okay when he was up as a fourth liner, big guy. Um, but you know, somebody that I just don't think the Rangers really have any room for. And if you're Gettinger having spent the whole past season in the minors, I'm sure you probably want to go somewhere else and, and give it a crack there. And he goes to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, then you've also got Wyatt Kalinuk. Uh, he signs with the blues one year, two way contract for 775 K. And as far as Ranger, uh, free agents that remained unsigned, Tarasenko, Kane, Halak. I mean, Halak's not going to be back. We know that because they signed Jonathan Quick. Um, and, and Tarasenko and Kane both seem like long shots, especially Tarasenko. I don't even know what you would have to do to fit in Tarasenko at this point. Uh, Tyler Mott is still out there. Ryan Carpenter, CJ Smith, William Lockwood, Libor Hayek, Patrick Kodorenko, and Cooper Zek. Uh, there were reports that Patrick Kane is reportedly in no 
hurry to sign with anybody. He's going to kind of play the long game here. So we'll see how that whole thing shakes out. Never say never. It's possible he could be back with the Rangers. Uh, but if he is, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.